are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri joining you on this Wednesday edition of the show. It's June 30th. We are not that far away from the start of Philadelphia Eagles training camp, guys. We are getting you through the dead zone of the NFL offseason, which is what I would say, honestly, like right after OTAs are over and the players go back, they start working out on their own, and there's not a whole lot of news circulating around the NFL circles. That's kind of the dead zone, and it's when you got to get creative and talk on the podcast. But honestly, I kind of like that as well because that's when you get to start reminiscing and taking trips down memory lane. And I'm going to do that today with my co-host, Gino Camilla. Larry, who, Gino, we haven't been on a show together, I think, literally all month. I think May was the last time we were on. We've been taking trips and having different guests on and kind of changing in and out. So it's good to have you back, buddy. Yeah, I literally just lived through a hangover movie being uh, in Vegas <laughs> for my best friend's bachelor party. Henry Ruggs and to, Josh Jacobs country. Yeah, talk about the drive-in, man. It was it was cool. It was cool to see the stadium, though, for sure. It's It's wild to just look at it and see that sun beating down on it and it's all just black windows like yeah i don't know who who wanted to paint something in the middle of the desert dead black but hey they did it it's a cool looking stadium don't know if we'll be able to get there this year ticket prices for that game are ridiculously crazy right now but if you get the experience i highly suggest going to vegas because that stadium I mean, it's state-of-the-art, man. Like, even to get a tour, it was like $75 to just walk through it. Jeez. Speaking of stadiums, Gino, I don't know if you saw, but the Carson Wentz banner was finally taken down at Lincoln Financial Field. What were your thoughts on that? About time. It's time to turn the page. And I really think that that's like the final Doug Peterson kind of reminder for me. Unless they take know? down the statue, brother. I hope. I wonder if they're going to, that's kind no, of the next no, shoe I'm interested in if it's going to drop. That's going nowhere. That thing is going to be there for the I rest hope so. of the time. I, I, I want to get a picture. Unless Howie Roseman yeah. gets his hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> He'll go put it in the corner of Nova yeah. Bear where uh, Chip he's Kelly gonna, put him. No, you know what he's going to do? He's going to replace Doug Peterson. Nick Foles, he gets to stay, but Howie replaces Doug with himself. <laughs> it's going to be him uh, like – encapsulated with a phone yeah. next to his ear calling Nick Foles to get him uh, <laughs> that free agent contract that year. Oh. That would be kind of funny if that did happen. But no, I, I think it's time to really look forward. And Jalen Hurts has been doing some great things off the field. When you talk about leadership, uh, he, he hosted a camp down in Alabama and uh, had a bunch of – it was a cool picture to see all these kids just looking at him and like really grabbing their, their attention. And mm-hmm. it just reminded me when I was down in Mobile – Uh, last year for the senior bowl and just talking to bartenders waiters just what they thought about Jalen and they talked about this guy like he he was the the next coming uh, of whatever you believe in and he was just a great human being and he was the most talked about guy behind Nick Saban there and it really just goes to show you everything that we heard about last year with the split between Wentz and Hurts and players gravitating towards Jalen it makes all the sense in the world why Mm -hmm. people gravitate towards this kid and that's what you want Lou I mean he might not be our favorite guy in terms of his overall athletic not athletic ability rather quarterback ability he's an unbelievable athlete but when you look at it you want somebody that is going to grab that team and make it 
their own. I believe that this is fully Jalen Hurts' team. Like, we had the Foles-Wentz type of split for years, the Jalen and Wentz split last year. I think it is unquestioned that Jalen is taking the bull by the horns and really making this team his own. And you saw it in the clip that came out the other day when he's throwing to Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins and just getting those reps. And, I mean, if you're top two receivers and all these guys who are going to be receiving the ball from him talk highly of him and everybody that played in college with him talks highly of him that's who I want at quarterback I don't want somebody that's rifting the locker room I want somebody that really is guiding the ship and Jalen seems to be that guy Lou and if they're going to put up a new poster make it of him make it known that this is Jalen Hurts team and we're building behind this kid yeah, we'll see if he makes us forget about Carson Wentz, the guy that was supposed to be That's the face the of the franchise. That's the best case scenario, though, right? Yeah. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Again, it's people always call me like the biggest Jalen Hurts hater. It's not like I. there's a difference between what I think is going to happen and what I want to happen. Obviously, I want Jalen Hurts to be the franchise quarterback, and I want him to forget or to help me forget about Carson Wentz in this banner because when I saw it come down the other day, it was just another representation of an era ending to me far too soon. I thought Wentz, number 11, that was going to be the guy for a decade plus, the face of a franchise gone after just five years, and it still stings, and it definitely will for a while until Jalen Hurts or another quarterback makes us forget about Wentz or if he bombs out of Indianapolis but yeah it's like of course I want Jalen Hurst to succeed of course I want him to be the next person to have that banner up in front of Lincoln Financial Field and for people that don't know what we're talking about the Eagles do this a lot they've had whoever the face or the faces of the franchise are there's always that really large distorted but you know really big banner that's in front of the link on the back uh, where you see it on the highway, right? And so right it used to be, I think, panels. yeah, it was Donovan McNabb. I think Brian Westbrook had one as well for a while. Carson Wentz, his banner was up, and they finally just took it down. So, yeah, Gino, of course I want Jalen Hurts to be that next guy because then mm-hmm. if he's the guy, you have three first-round picks next year to build around him with instead of using those picks to try to get your next guy, trying to replace Hurts. So, yeah, today was or the other day when that banner went down. It was kind of a reminder, again, of – what used to be and it stung a little bit but i'm with you the banner's coming down now that was just another reminder of what was we got to focus on what is going to be because carson is in indianapolis now and as much as that kills me there's no going back now and there's no going back on hertz this year being the guy you let wentz go you traded him you passed on justin fields you passed on trading up for trey lance so it's jalen time and uh, it's time to move forward and so that banner coming down kind of represents a bunch of different things Gino, let me ask you a question. I'm thinking about quarterback now, as we tend to do on the show, Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts. What's a more likely, let me ask you in this scenario, what's more likely? Carson Wentz is really bad. He bombs out again like he did in 2020, in 2021 with the Colts. Or Jalen Hurts is great in Philly. Like, not just good, but he has, I don't want to say a Wentz 2017-like season, but maybe a you know, Nick Foles in 2013 type of thing. Not 27 touchdowns and two picks, but you get what I'm saying. What's more likely, you think? Wentz is awful in Indy or Hertz is great in Philly? I feel like the real, you know, outcome is going to be something in the middle. But, like, if you had mm-hmm. to choose between those two radical, you know, sides, which one would you go with? Yeah, I think both, uh, what you said, it would kind of be somewhere in the yeah. middle. I would have to lean probably closer towards Jalen being great I simply agree. because yeah. I don't think – Wentz will be as bad yep. as he was last year. That's exactly what find, I wrote down, too. Even yeah. if he finds the middle ground, he still has a better year than his atrocious year last year. Yeah. And to say this team hasn't built an offense that can help Jalen Hurts, 
Lou, I mean, out of just dumping the ball off to one of the seven guys that runs near 4-4 speed, he can have a much better season in that manner. And numbers alone could just go to show that they built a successful offense for him. But I think both of those will be somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. I could see them having similar type of seasons if even if – Wentz was average, and Jalen had an uptick from last year. You could see their numbers probably float right around the same. I could see both of them being around 25 or more touchdowns thrown. Jalen probably runs for six to seven in the year. It, they could be very have very similar paths next year, but India as a whole, they're in a much better position than we are, simply yeah. on offense, defense, their head coach. I think they're on a much better trajectory to make the playoffs and hopefully make a run to get that get us a first round pick man i don't want to see Wentz get injured and we have to fight for 75 percent or whatever it is just make the playoffs have a healthy season i, I wish both of them the best of luck hopefully jalen does a little better that would be nice to see you guys can bet on individual players like carson Catch Wentz, jalen hurts what they're going to do in 2021 at betonline.ag guys bet online is sponsoring locked on eagles today it's the fastest an easiest way to bet on all your sports action. you got baseball season in full swing. You've got the conference finals still going on right now in the NBA, the Stanley Cup, and the NHL. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their runs to the World Series, the Larry O'Brien Trophy, and the Stanley Cup. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked On Eagles. Guys, right now in June, obviously you guys know we've been doing less shows. It's been three a week. We are in off-season mode that will change a week before training camp. So come July, the week of July 12th to the um, 19th, that's when we're going back to five days a week. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On Eagles wherever you get your podcast because starting in July up until next June, you're going to have a show Monday through Friday on any podcast platform. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, joining you on this Wednesday edition of the show. Gino, I wanted to get into something interesting. I've been, you know, again, it's it's the dead zone of the offseason. This is when you go back and watch old Eagles highlights, you know, old ESPN yearbooks. You start talking about, you know, players from the past and a lot of different stuff like that, right? Speculation and just taking a trip down memory lane. At least that's what I like to do when we have some downtime here when it comes to, like, current Eagles news. So the other day I was watching, you know, we were talking about Donovan McNabb. I heard him comment about Jalen Hurts and what he could do in year two. So I started looking back at some old Donovan McNabb stuff. Then you saw today Merrill Reese, the Eagles' voice on WIP for a long time now, the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. He said that he's heard there's potentially a close deal between the Eagles and the Buffalo Bills for Zach Ertz. So I started thinking about McNabb, Zach Ertz, and I feel like both those guys, at least for me, have a similar theme. It was players that like you always knew week in and week out they were going to produce. But at the same time, at least for me, like looking through this with a fan lens, those were never guys that I was just like in love with. Like favorite players by far had their jerseys, could not wait every week to see what Zach Ertz did what Donovan McNabb did. And that got me thinking about, like, for you, who was a player, not that you didn't think was good, not that you didn't appreciate, but maybe you could have appreciated more, someone that, like, was 
maybe in the fans' eyes, the majority of fans was a fan favorite, but for you, it just it, it didn't click for some reason. That's a very, very intriguing question and a very good one to that matter. And, and it could be because of style. It could be because yeah. of position. It could be because of a lot of things. I would have to say that there. You have to look at this like through every generation. Like we, yeah. we kind of were in the early two thousands. We were kind of just gifted with all these unbelievable players, and it's right. easy to to overlook a lot of them. And I really think I wouldn't say myself, but a lot of people overlooked Bobby Taylor sure. and how great Great one, yeah. In that early two thousands team, and it's like if he was on this team in the last couple of years, cornerback won any day of the week. But he just happened to be like the fourth best corner on that team when they had Troy Vincent, Mando Shepard. What is that like? That must be nice. <laughs> I know where they had all of these guys who were just perennial all pros, and I think Bobby Taylor. I appreciate him even more now. He was one of my favorites back then, but I just don't think he got the love that he should have. And if he was on that Super Bowl team, it would have been great. But even in that early 2000s run, he was just instrumental for them to make three consecutive NFC championships during his time there. And he's a guy that, like I said, if he's on the team in the last decade, Lou, he's probably the best corner that we've seen since the Sunday, oh, yeah. I would say. Easily, easily. I think Bobby Taylor's a really good one. And I don't know, Gino, for me, again, like when I think about Zach Ertz, he's kind of similar in this way. Obviously, he's a legend in Eagles history. He had the game-winning touchdown in Super Bowl 52. Mm-hmm. If he was going to stay on the team for another couple years, he'd probably break the all-time receiving record. But honestly, I don't know if for me, I don't know if it was, because, it was probably because of his style, but because I'm a guy that, as you guys know, I mean, Gino knows, and everybody else, especially through the draft, I'm just obsessed with upside. I'm obsessed with flash, right? That's the kind of player I grew up liking. It's the kind of player that I still gravitate towards. So I don't know if it wasn't that I didn't truly appreciate Zach Ertz, but he was just never, I don't know, never a fan favorite of mine as a fan. Like, he always made plays, but they were just never flashy. They were never the sexy play. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That, that, to me, is just like it's someone that was just always good, but you never truly appreciated or loved his game you just knew okay each week i know what he's going to do so i'm not each week coming in to see oh man what kind of insane play like carson wentz like is what pass rusher is he going to duck under this time and then with his left hand find a way to shuffle it to you know nelson Aguilar or like michael vick at the time what was he going to do with sean mccoy zach Ertz. it probably was because of his style um I, just for me like i never really got into zach Ertz as a player always knew what he was obviously but yeah for me it's just like he was a fan favorite and just for me it never was i can see that and i think another guy that kind of falls into that category is chad lewis like talk about a guy who was probably the best free agent signing when they said that he was off the team after the super or Uh, gino camilleri loves him some chad lewis baby oh dude chad lewis is the (laughs) man and then they sign him back like i remember being in elementary school when that happened and like i lost my mind when i got home and went on whatever blog site i was reading at the time saying that they signed chad lewis but you're right those guys it's kind of forgotten about these tight ends that like kind of really had to do everything especially brent Sellett too like those guys are never going to be celebrated as like true Hall of Famers by any means, but they're Hall of Famers in the eyes of Eagles fans. Like the Eagles don't get to the, those four straight runs in the early two thousands mm-hmm. without Chad Lewis. They don't do what they did in the middle of the two thousands with Brent Selick and his receiving ability. He was arguably one of the favorite receivers of Mike Vick and then Nick Foles yep. after that. 
and then he turns into your third tight end and your blocking tight end, wins you a Super Bowl with a guy who's Eckerts, which started this discussion. So that position alone, I think, forget people forget a lot about. And uh, that is the one position where in Philly, out of all of the places, we can't forget. And as much as we've had a great left tackle and great offensive line, tight end has been that sixth man for them for so long. And if they don't have a great tight end in Philly, they're not going to be successful. And just look at the evidence. Look at what they've had the past two two decades. Yeah. And going on now with, with Dallas Goddard, even if Zach Ertz were to get moved, they've always prioritized that position. And it might be overlooked at those players. And Zach Ertz obviously is a, a hero. But guys like Chad Lewis and Brent Selleck, those names outside of Philly aren't talked about. And they should be appreciated more than they are. You know what's crazy about Brent Selleck, Gino, is like because of the end of his career when Zach Ertz was drafted and he was the go-to tight end in the receiving game and Brent Selleck became mm-hmm. more of like an extra offensive lineman, I think because that happened for a while from, I would say, like 2013 to 2017, that those final four years on that last contract, people forget that, like you mentioned, you look at 2008 up until 2013, those mm-hmm. first five years of his career, he was a really good receiving tight end, like consistently had 50, 60 catches, over 700 yards, 600, 700 yards receiving. He had the one year where he had over 800. Brent Sella could catch the football for a while. Yeah, I mean, he has one of the best plays and one of the best comebacks ever when they came back against the Giants. And he took that. He had more yards after the catch in that one play than I think we've ever seen Zach Ertz have in his career. So I mean, he <laughs> he was a very good receiving tight end, and they kind of just have followed that mold. Like as they get older, you put him into that blocking tight end role. I mean, Richard Rodgers fell into that role when he came out when uh, Brent Selleck inevitably retired, and that's kind of just what they do. And he was instrumental in getting Zach Ertz ready to be a champion. I mean. They were best of friends for the longest time, and Zach Ertz says it in multiple interviews that he was key in helping him improve his blocking, and that's what you need. You need great leaders, and at that position, being an extension of the offensive line, the old saying that offensive linemen lead, tight ends are essentially that sixth offensive lineman. And do you recall the game when they went through so many offensive linemen that there was – they were one guy away from Brent Selleck having yeah. to play right tackle for them. I do remember. You know what else is funny, Gino, about Brent Selleck? Wasn't he – am I mistaking him for somebody else? Wasn't he their emergency long snapper too? I think he was, yeah. <laughs> I think that happened at one point too. And in a, it probably was preseason, but he had to snap it, which was interesting. They lost John Dorenboss, I think, for a bit. I do remember that. Now that you say that, that's kind of yeah. like – who was it? Sean Considine who had to kick the extra point that one yeah. time? Yeah, good lord. <laughs> so Brent Selleck is definitely I think I think a lot of the tight ends you mentioned Chad Lewis and Brent Selleck yep. I mentioned Zach Ertz I think those guys and again maybe it's style maybe it's position people fall in love with receivers and quarterbacks and running backs of course and you know on defense you know pass rushers for sure on the edge so I think that is probably a big part of it but today's episode of Lockdown Eagles ladies and gentlemen is sponsored by the best tasting protein bar on the planet by far it pretty much tastes like a candy bar to me you could take one in the movie theater and eat it like a candy bar and i would not bat an eye built bar nine delicious flavors there's something for everybody if you like coconut we got coconut and coconut almond we've got cherry raspberry you like mint we got mint brownie peanut butter brownie i'm a big peanut butter guy that's my go-to double chocolate salted caramel again there's something for everybody whatever your favorite flavor is it's available at built bar best of all it's a healthy alternative 
alternative to your everyday snack, 17 grams of protein, and only 130 calories in every bar. I can get you 15% off right now at BuiltBar.com when you head over to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. L-O-C-K-E-D, all capital letters, 1-5, for 15% off of the best tasting protein bar on the planet at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a new car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for the last 20 years. And best of all, their prices, unlike those chain stores or car dealerships, are always reliably low for every customer, including the do-it-yourselfers. They have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs to fix up your baby, your car, or your truck. Make sure you write down locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you to rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Another one for me, it's just like two legends I was just thinking about the other day. I already mentioned Donovan McNabb. I just, I don't know if it was just me personally. With McNabb, I don't know. It's its not like I didn't appreciate him in the ways that others didn't. I don't know if you would agree with me, but like, I think a lot of fans that hated him for not being Ricky Williams from the start, like, wouldn't you agree that they kind of stuck with that? And there was others that would never praise him. If he, It didn't matter what he did. If he didn't win a Super Bowl, the years of deep playoff runs, recording breaking statistics, you know, every year, constant elevation of bad receiver cores. Like, wouldn't you agree that's a lot of McNabb's haters or is those two groups? I would say that he kind of was the first quarterback that prior to him, Philly people loved our quarterbacks. I mean, yeah. Jaws still right. is a beloved guy here in Philly. So is Randall. I mean, all these guys that were legends before that, Norm Van Brocklin, all these guys that played QB, I mean – they were loved in Philly, and then along comes the 1999 draft, and I have Donovan's rookie card sitting right over my right shoulder here. Yeah. I love him because I'm a Syracuse guy. He was the first quarterback I ever saw play live in the Carrier Dome. But you're right, Lou. The, the clip we always see is the fans booing him. We want Ricky. At Radio City, and screaming, we want Ricky at Radio City Music Hall. But you look at it, he never got the job done in terms of going to the Super Bowl, but he – another player who was just a decade too early, Lou. Donovan right. in today's game is one of the best. And he, I still believe he's one of the best to do it in that early 2000s. He was one of the first guys that did it better on the run than staying in the pocket. And he was a game changer, Lou. I mean, once Donovan comes along, then Michael Vick comes along. And then yeah. you see this evolution of the quarterback game. And to say he's underappreciated, I would totally agree, Lou, and not even just in Philadelphia, everywhere else, I believe, just because he doesn't have that ring on his finger. Yep. It's tough. I mean, I'm not going to give any Bills fans any credit, but it's tough to go to four straight NFC Championship games, which he did. He went to the Super Bowl, lost to arguably the greatest team ever in that early 2000s New England dynasty but he just never got it done and that's why people hate on him but you go out there and you see some of these throws he made when they got him Terrell Owens Lou they always said get him a guy and he'll do it and what did he do he had his number one wide receiver you had a 
franchise quarterback and you go to the Super Bowl and you lose in a very close game. I agree that he is underappreciated, and I think what he has said in the last 10 years and what he's right. done off the field in the last 10 years has soured a lot of Eagles fans especially. Me too. Yeah, and like again, Gino, don't get me wrong. His personality, his style and attitude off the field, it's a huge part of it. But I would even say with that, I kind of understand how he led to kind of create that feeling, especially towards Philadelphia fans. Because like you mentioned, everybody loves Ron Jaworski. Everybody loves Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham. Gino, Randall Cunningham and Donovan or and Michael Vick, they have one playoff win combined together in Philly. And yet the one guy honestly, maybe in franchise history, that you knew what you had and you were getting deep playoff uh, runs from year in and year out for a decade plus, he's the one guy that I feel like isn't really celebrated in Philadelphia. Totally. And it all comes down to winning, though, man. I mean, who's the one guy we celebrate the most here? Yeah, Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And, and maybe it is, not- too, Gino. Maybe a part of it, too, is he's, like you mentioned, his mobility, which was incredible. Maybe it's because he's sandwiched in between perhaps the two best mobile quarterbacks ever, Randall Cunningham right. and Michael Vick. So I, I think that could be a part of it, too. He's kind of sandwiched in the middle of the two pioneers when it comes to mobile quarterbacks. So that, I think, is a factor as well. Totally agree. Time, the way he played the game. Yeah, I mean, if Andy Reid of 2020 is coaching Donovan McNabb of 2003, that's a deadly thing to think about because Donovan was – he was outside the pocket all the time, Lou. I mean, you look at his, the highlights, just just his highlights alone, if you don't even watch all 22, it, his top plays come when he's outside of the pocket, throwing away from his body. Mm-hmm. You talk about the Brett Favre style of play, that was Donovan. Like, okay, we're just going to throw the ball up. Yes, he was a little smarter, but, man, he, he let it fly. He did a lot of things that Wentz did where we're just like, oh, that kind of was, was a questionable throw. Yeah. But then he goes out there and makes an unbelievable play, and then he goes yep. out there and runs and jukes guys out of their shoes. And he's just – he always did his signature, hold the ball in one hand, put it to the corner of the pylon, run to the end zone. That's Donovan McNabb. And I would love to see what he could do today. What he did off the field has soured a lot of people. But don't forget, he was one of the best to do it. And if you go back and watch that stretch – from the second season after his or the season after his rookie year on until he really started to decline even in 09 Lou when they made that run to the NFC Championship yes. game he was out of control in that stretch well you know what's funny you mentioned how about the year after his final year with the Eagles 2009-2010 like Donovan McNabb he it's pretty impressive how good he was Gino because he dealt with a lot again the minute he was drafted This guy was public enemy number one for not being a running back in Ricky Williams, right? And then he had to deal with all these bad receiving cores outside of one year. Basically, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Outside of Rodgers when it comes to personnel. One year with T.O., and then the last year with Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, and LaShawn McCoy. But in between that, for the majority, for 90% of his career, yeah, he had Brian Westbrook and Andy (laughs) Reid, but Reggie Brown, Todd Pinkston, James Thrash. Freddie Mitchell, Greg Lewis. So not only Hank did he have basket. this unforg yes, he had this Hank basket. <laughs> he had this unforgiving fan base, bad receiving cores, and oh, then please. like look, even look what he did. Gino, you know, in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, the final year, he has Michael Vick signed. Kevin Cobb is waiting in the wings. They had just 
drafted him with a second round pick in 2007. It, you know, so you look at how much Carson Wentz, we talk about a lot what Wentz had to deal with over the past few years. Look at what McNabb had to deal with. Even that last year, the writing was on the wall with two quarterbacks behind him, and yet he still went 11 and 5. He had 24 touchdowns that year and almost 4,000 total yards. That guy he took the, the, the benching he, the way you're supposed to take a benching, and he turned around and he really led that team. And that's why. Oh, I will not tolerate a, this as a slight to Carson Wentz. That was not no, what no, I was no. doing. <laughs> no, no, I totally understand. But you talk about leadership. Donovan never did anything wrong as a leader, in my opinion. Even though outside. he had every right, like Carson Wentz, Gino, to say, get me the hell out of here. And he never yeah. did. Never. Even with the bad bad wide receiver play, the whole T.O. situation. I mean, when it was Donovan or T.O., it was no question who was staying. Yeah. T.O. was gone. there, And... Then it turned to the point with Wentz where it's like, okay, maybe he might not be the guy to stay. But for, with Donovan, it was always, okay, who, who are we bringing in to help out Donovan even after T.O.? I mean, they really didn't do much. Even when Jeff Garcia had that good season, they were handing the keys back over to Donovan. Even when they drafted Kevin Cobb, even when they had Michael Vick, it was Donovan's team. And I believe that Andy Reid, out of everything he did in Philadelphia, that was the one staple of what they should take forward and how they should try Mm -hmm. to build this team. Whoever is the guy, even if he makes mistakes, even if he has up and downs, even if you have to bench him, do whatever it takes to get him in the right position. And if we take anything away from the last two decades to move into the Jalen Hurts era, I think that's what we need to get behind more than anything. Yes. I agree. I think you can learn a lot from the McNabb era, the Wentz era. McNabb had to deal with a lot, and he produced despite all of that being the case. So, and, and, you know, again, I guess that's why it's understandable that he's so sour about probably how things went and why he, you know, says things the way he does now. Like, it is annoying, and I definitely have a sour taste in my mouth about Donovan, but you can definitely see why it is the way it is because all of these things he put up with, and he still is kind of seen as just he's I mean he's not Nick Foles in Philadelphia he's not a guy that everybody I mean anytime you mention McNabb it's not this unanimous oh man we love number five like it is with number nine it just it's not that way in Philly and it'll never be because he didn't again he he a lot of it has to do with because of just the draft label and then the fact that he didn't win the big one and it's uh it's an interesting it's definitely one of the most unique dynamics between the best quarterback in franchise history, arguably, and his fan base. Like, I've never seen another relationship kind of like that, like this, with that dynamic. Would you say he was the most talented quarterback that they've ever had? No, I, I don't think. Talent-wise, I think he's below Wentz, McNabb, or I'm sorry, Wentz, Vic, and Cunningham. But I think when it comes to, I mean, just success, obviously, I think quantity, he's number one. Yeah, it, I think he's comes, the best yeah. to play in Philly, I would right. say. I would say over the longest stretch. Again, you could make the argument Nick Foles is the best because he did the one thing nobody else could do. But yeah, just from a total sample size, it's not even close. Again, like we said, Cunningham, Vic, like if you're building a quarterback, you're taking those guys, the height, the size of the arm power and the speed. But like those guys combined, like I said, Gino, they didn't win anything in Philly. Right. And we just kind of overlook how good they were. And I love this discussion because there's a lot of guys on this team. I mean, Fletcher Cox, man, the day he's off his team, we're going to realize it. You're going to realize, man, the guy who took all the double teams is gone. And now this just exposes us to the run game. It exposes us to not creating pressure in the middle. Guys like even – 
I appreciate the heck out of what Darius Slay did in his one year last year mm-hmm. because we hadn't had that for so long. And I think we really have to do that, especially now moving into a new era with new draft picks. Don't let these guys really be taken for granted anymore because we haven't seen great football players in a while. It's a we good need- theme to have, Gino, for sure. I think Philly fans especially really need to hear that. And I'm not saying everybody, but uh, you know who you are. He, there's fans on every fan base, and yeah. these guys are the top 1% of 1% that even make it to the league. And, I mean, Donovan McNabb, you're talking about a position where he's probably a top 50 guy all time. I mean, he's one of the best to do it, and we just sit here and say, oh, he never won a Super Bowl. Like, there's so much more to that than in football, and especially at that position. Like, it's not a one-man game, and I think Donovan is a really good example of going to show that, that – even if you have the star quarterback, if you don't have the top-notch offensive line, if you don't have a top tight end, if you don't have top players at the wide receiver position, you're never going to be a team like the dynasties of the Patriots. You're never going to be a team like the Chiefs of the last couple years, just these teams that are better than everybody else. It's going to be a dogfight when you have guys like that, but you just have to make sure you surround them with even better talent. And when you realize what great talent is, don't let them get out the door, which we have seen as well. Let's hope we find some more great talent, Gino, in 2021. We're going to continue to cover it right here on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked on Eagles. Again, right now, until for another two weeks, it's three episodes a week, but then starting the week right before training camp, July 15th. That week, we're going back to shows Monday through Friday, so be sure to subscribe to Locked on Eagles. Wherever you get your shows, it can be Apple, odyssey spotify stitcher google you name it gino and i are available on all platforms and we're available on twitter hit us up at lockdown birds at gc24 underscore football and i'm on twitter at dibiase l-o-e for my co-host gino camilleri i'm lou dibiase signing off we'll see you tomorrow as always thank you for downloading thank you for listening and let's go birds fly eagles fly